This podcast has been brought to you by New Creations Life Center in Redmond, Oregon. Look us up on the web at newclc.com. That's N-E-W-C-L-C.com. Father, in Jesus' name, let our eyes be open. Let our hearts be open. Lord, teach us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. You alone are the teacher. Use my lips. Use your word to help us to know you and your will and your ways. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, principle number seven of... uh, of winning, principles of winning. How are you going to be successful in life? Number seven is to be first. You're like, duh. But I got a twist on being first. God wants you to be first. Amen. He wants you to live first. He wants you to be in the lifestyle of first. Amen. I, you know, I, I've always struggled that, that I wasn't, you know, I don't like being second. But I was, you know, in high school, I had some other great athletes, and it seems like I'd end up being second. You know, I wasn't I'm the second fastest or the, you know, there was only a few things. I was first, you know, but, you know, but God wants you to be first. Amen. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13, that God said, I want to make you the head and not the tail. That you would be above only. Some say above only. And never beneath. God doesn't want you to be the underdog. He wants you to be on the winning team. Amen. But I want you to know the principle of first has some very, very important things. If you're going to ever be first, then you're going to have to know what it is to be last. Last meaning putting you in the place of last and putting others in front of you. Somebody said, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And so I want you to know God's all about first. And I'm going to show you today. God is all about first. He wants first. I promise you, God wants your first. If you are ever going to ever have His prosperity come on you, He wants your first. First of everything. Somebody say first of everything. Yeah, He wants first of everything. He doesn't want to be second in your life. Amen. And it carries amazing consequences and rewards. Amen. So number one, I want to first make you know that God wants to bless you. I'm not going to go deep into this, but, it's, it, but I'm going to do it enough so that you are clear that God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to live in that place at first. And so let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. We'll start there. Verses 1 to 14. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God. Somebody say, if you fully obey. How many of you have fully obeyed? None of you. Ain't one of you fully obeyed. None of us have fully obeyed. Romans chapter 3 said, there's none righteous, not even one. 
God says to the children of Israel, he says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all, somebody say all, his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. Where will he set you? High, not low. He's going to set you high above all the nations of the earth. He said, and all these blessings, let me say blessings, will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Listen to this. You, would be, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, and the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. It's talking about your businesses. These are their businesses. Your basket and your kneading trough, your food, will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. Hallelujah. The enemies who come against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but they will flee from you in seven directions. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Somebody say, on everything you put your hand to. Say, everything I put my hand to. Amen. Yes. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open up the heavens, the storehouses of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. Does God want you to be blessed? Now, this is not just some little scripture I just take out somewhere. This is all over the Bible. If you want to see another one, Leviticus 26 says almost the exact same thing uh, that Moses gave, that he gives all the commands, curses, and blessings of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 17 and 18, this is about when the children of Israel are coming into the promised land and Moses is telling him by the Spirit of the Lord that, that God is going to bless them. He said, you're going to end up with, with houses you never built. And you're going to end up owning vineyards you never planted. You're going to have gold you never dug for. You're going to have iron that you never had to go in the mountains and get. 
Amen. You're going to have abundant prosperity of food and stuff that you had nothing to do with. That it was there because I gave it to you. And he says this in verse 17. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Who gives you the ability to produce wealth? God. God gives everybody the ability to produce wealth. If people are producing wealth, they didn't get it outside of God. God has a, and he has purposes. Amen. But he's wanting to raise up his kids. He's wanting to raise up his people. He said, my power, he said, he said, uh, he said, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. What does he confirm? What, what covenant? He goes on to say, the covenant that he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Who were the forefathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of the Jews. The forefathers... But the thing is, is now, Romans chapter 2, verse 28 says, you and I are now included as a Jew if we believe God. Now, I want you to know, not if you go to church, and that's what we were talking about in the beginning. You can go to church all you want, you can read the Bible all you want, but until you surrender yourself to Almighty God, it's only game playing. It's not real Christianity. Amen. It doesn't produce power. You don't see Holy Ghost power by half-hearted Christianity. It's not. It'll never happen. That is not where the glory of God resides. Amen. And so, but God is the one who gives the power to create wealth. We have an anemic church because we have a church that doesn't believe God. We have a church that's living for the world. We're saying we're Christians, but we're not living for God. We spend more time, for goodness sake, in the television looking at stupid stuff than we do reading our Bible or knowing God. We're just, you know, we're, it's only talk. We don't really mean business about what we're saying. If you meant business about what you're saying, you would make time for God. Amen. We know what we want by what we do. We don't know what we want by what we say. Oh, pastor, I have a good heart. Well, if you have a really good heart, we'll know by what you do. Talk is cheap, really cheap. I love you, then the next minute, I hate you. That ain't love. No matter how you slice it, dice it, cut it, bake it, fry it, scalp it, it ain't love unless it's love that lays its life down. That's love. Hallelujah. Solomon, he sacrificed a thousand bulls one night after he became king. And God was pleased with that sacrifice. He was the first sacrifice as king. He took a thousand bulls, expensive, much more costly than cattle, just regular took a thousand bulls and he sacrificed them to God and that very night God showed up in a dream and he said I'll give you whatever you want Solomon what would you like Solomon said God I feel like I'm just a little boy 
I don't know how to lead your people. Would you please give me wisdom to lead your people? I believe right then, God was, said, Jesus, pull out the checkbook. Pull out the checkbook. We're going to bless this boy. He has the right heart. He has really the right heart. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for the life of those who are trying to kill him. He said, I just want wisdom. That's it. Give me wisdom, not for me, but to lead your people. And God said, you know what, Solomon? Since you have such a good heart and you're such a good Christian, I'm going to give you a car wreck. How's that? Maybe some sickness and poverty. Is that what he said? No, that's not what he said. That's not at all what he said. But a lot of times we think that, like somehow Christianity, like it's, it's really spiritual for you to be poor and broke down, be, you know, beat down, busted and disgusted. Like that's somehow, that's like Christianity. That's not Christianity. The Bible said Jesus became poor so that you might become rich. He gave up his wealth so you could have his wealth. He gave up his righteousness and took on your sin so that you could have his righteousness. He came as an exchange. All the blessing of heaven is for you because he came to take all the curse of earth for you. So God said to Solomon, no, I'm, you know, you asked for wisdom. I'm going give, give to give you wisdom like nobody's ever known before you or ever will know after you obviously outside of Jesus Christ. Nobody will ever have wisdom like you to that degree. But because you asked for the right thing, I'm not only going to give you that, I'm going to give you wealth like nobody else has had wealth. I'm going to give you the life of your enemies. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you it all. And that's exactly what he did when Solomon was a king Gold became so plentiful, it was like stones on the ground. All of his leaders and all of his servants and workers drank out of gold cups. They ate off of gold dishes. They, it was just everything was in gold and everything was it, costly stones and precious stuff. God blessed them and gave them fame. And God made his name great just as he said he would do to Abraham. Who gives the power to create wealth? God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, real quickly. We may come back to this later. Verse 6, it says, remember this. Actually, let's just go to verse 8. And this is talking about people who are giving to God their first. I'm going to talk to you about first. First might not be what you think. God wants your first. Verse 8 says, and this is, this is a promise to those who are giving. And we're not going to go into it deep. It said, but God is able to make all grace. Grace means undeserved power and help. To abound to you. Why? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So you'll be able to do everything that God called you to do. You're able to be the missionary. You're able to build that building. You're able to start that, that church and start that ministry. You're, you're able to fund that, whatever it is. You're able to send people out. You're able to start that clinic. You're able to start whatever it is that God called you to do. Every good work. Hallelujah. 
He says in verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower, who does he supply seed to? Yeah, he ain't supplying extra seed to those who ain't willing to sow. He supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Hallelujah. God supplies seed to the sower. If you're a sower, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Oh, my Lord. And will increase the store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, he's going to increase you. And if he can get it through you, he'll increase you to give more. Amen. Look at what it says in verse 11. You will be made rich in every way. Now, I didn't write the book. God did. And you can, you know, I've had people tell me, they're, you know, they all philosophize about it. But chapter 8 and chapter 9 are all about money and possessions and supply of natural things. That's all it's about. But people, well, he's actually, you know, I think that's a metaphor. It's talking about spiritual wealth and spiritual. You know what? You can go ahead. You know, God wants to give you spiritual wealth, of course. But I want you to know that's not what the Bible's talking about. And you would have to lie. You know, growing up, I heard a lot of things that later in life, I had, when I looked at the Bible, I would have to lie to myself to say the Bible says that. It doesn't say that. It says exactly what it says. It said, you'll be made rich in every way. That means there's a lot of different ways to be rich. And I want you to know, in my opinion, money is the lowest form of richness. A lot of people are loaded with money, but they ain't rich. I've had a lot of people, they, you know, yeah, some of them are not happy at all. They, don't, they live life that are messed up. God wants you to be rich in every way. The Bible says, I wish, 3 John verse 2, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prosperous, I don't care how much money you have, you ain't prosperous. Prosperity is you loving being you. I'm a prosperous man. I'm prosperous just because of my wife and my children. But I'm even more prosperous because of you. I have the privilege of sitting. I don't even know why you come. I'm trying to figure that one out. It's a calling from God. It's a gift of God in my life that you are supposed to sit and listen. You're supposed to get hooked up and you're supposed to grab hold and run with the dream and the vision of this church. And our vision is that we, people here, we're, we have been... Uh, uh, we have been transformed by the gospel. We have been, our lives, and therefore we, because of the gospel, the forgiveness and the grace of God that we are fulfilling, everybody is coming into a place where you fulfill your full potential. Somebody say full potential. God wants every one of you to fulfill your full potential. He doesn't want you to be afraid and shrink back and think that you can't do it because you can do it. If God be for you, who can be against you? But we're not only going to do that, that we are being revived by this amazing gospel and we're being transformed, we're going to help others to do the same. That they're going to receive the gospel of the love of Jesus. Amen. That's our goal. That's our mission. That's what we want to do. So all of us need to link up and fight for the purpose 
of causing people to be revived by God's amazing gospel. First, get it yourself because you can't give away something you don't yet have. Amen. So God wants you to be blessed. Amen. Malachi, man, you guys, I, I have so much wonderful stuff I want to share with you. You know what? I, I'm only going to get this first part. Next week, I'm going to go over, um, I'm going to explain first. I'm going to explain to you in a way I don't think you've ever known. But before that, I want to go over Malachi um, chapter 3. And you can kind of put a bookmark there, but I'm going to finish in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He said, you'll be made rich in verse 11. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. Why would you be made rich? So you can have all these fancy cars and try to get everybody to look at you like you're somebody. If you're looking at everybody to see if they're looking at you, you ain't somebody. You're still living as a nobody hoping you can become somebody. I don't know if y'all heard me. You got to really understand that if you think that driving a, a different kind of car makes you somebody or wearing some kind of clothes makes you somehow some, and you feel good about yourself because now you're driving a BMW or you're, now you're driving a Mercedes or now you're doing this. Can I tell you something? If you go down the street and you're checking out and seeing if they're looking at you, you ain't yet somebody. You're still living as a nobody trying to act like you somebody. You only somebody if you're somebody on the inside of you. You have to be somebody. You have to know who you are. Whenever you're looking at other people to see what they think about you, and if they think that you're pretty and you're smart and you're strong and you're, you can preach or you can teach or you can do whatever, as long as you're looking at them, you're looking in the wrong place and you're living a very insecure, lifeless life. God wants you to know who you are. He wants you to go on a date with yourself and Him and figure out who you are. Yeah, go on a date with yourself and God. Go out there with you and God and figure out who in the world you are and don't try to be like anybody else. If you have a desire and a longing in your heart to do underwater basket weaving and it only makes, you know, $12 an hour, that's top paid, then get on with it. Because you will be more fulfilled and more blessed there than you will in anything else all life. Be who in the world God called you to be. I love it that you come on Saturday morning, Steve, and give your life away just to serve. I love it that Brother Rod comes here every Sunday morning. He's usually here 6.37. He's, he's vacuuming and making sure everything is right. He's making sure everything's in order. I love that Miss Henry and Miss Margie spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours here. Working work. Why? That's beautiful to God. They're doing what they're called to do. And it's every bit as important as anything else in all of the world. Name any great man, Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke, Charles Burton, I don't care who it is. It's just as powerful and it's good to God. It's really the truth. It's really the truth. So you'll be made rich in, in every way. Why? So that you can be generous. That's the point. If you're just amassing wealth so you can, what? You want your dying breath to be one of serving somebody. You want the last words out of your mouth to be for somebody else and not for yourself. You want to give away and give away and give away. When you leave this earth, there is a whole train of blessed people and people who've been made rich because of you. 
They're more loved. They're more ready. They're more willing. They're more able. They're stronger because of you. That requires you to leave the life of you and get into the life of God and others. Then that's called love. Amen. Verse 12, this service of generosity that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. What is it? This money that you give away to other people, it's actually saying, thank you, God. 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 Yeah. Mm. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. How do you prove yourself? By giving. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I think that's Old Testament. We'll go over that. Give me a moment. I'll, I'll kill that cow, that sacred cow of self. Tithing was way before there ever was a law. And I'm going to really show it to you in a beautiful way. You ever wonder why God was pleased with Abel's sacrifice? But he wasn't pleased with Cain's. Have you ever been confused like they both came and gave, you know, from their thing? I'm going to tell you. I'll explain it to you. And you'll be shocked. Bring it. I will. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Yeah, I serve God. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I only know really. Prove it by your money. Prove it by your giving because God so loved that He... You can't really be like God and not give. Can't. You can't. We spend money on what we love. And that's why we have a problem. We don't really want to give. We want to keep. We want to hold it to ourselves. We want to make excuses why we can hold it. But can I tell you something? That you hurt you when you do that. You're not hurting God. Do you know God doesn't need your money? God could have set this up all differently. He's not interested in your money. Your money only tells about your heart. It tells where your heart really is. Because I promise you, any young man who falls in love with a girl, I met one the other day in the store, and, and he, he was said, I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm tired. I said, you're tired? You, you okay? He said, yeah. He says, I just got a girlfriend. And he says, now I'm staying up all late hours, and I'm spending all my money. Why? Because he has love. And when you, I don't care if you love hunting, fishing, shopping, you love clothes, you love jewelry, you spend money on what you love. Thank you, Jesus. Because of this service, verse 13, by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God 
for the obedience that accompanies your profession or confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else and in their prayers for you you hear that and in their prayers for you the ones that were willing to sow and give their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace they say grace God has given you it's a surpassing grace I'm gonna tell you something the whole teaching about tithe is actually it's I'll show you later it's not baby Christianity it's meat I'll tell you about it later I'll show you how the teaching about tithing babies in, in Christianity a lot of times won't tithe because they're still babies they're still baby Christians so I don't expect baby Christians to get it they don't understand it but when somebody grows up in God then they begin to understand there's a powerful connection that they tap into the spiritual realm through giving amen and I want to I'm gonna explain I wish I had time today because I want to take you to it so bad but now let's let's jump over real quick to and we're gonna close with the Malachi chapter 3 Malachi chapter 3 chapters in verse 6 Malachi 3 and verse 6 says I the Lord do not change so you O descendants of Jacob are not destroyed in other words the only reason why you're not destroyed is because I don't change God's God he doesn't change amen ever since the time of your forefathers you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them return to me and I will return to you return to me says and I will return to you says the Lord how many know in the New Testament it says draw near to me and then I'll draw near to you Jeremiah 29 13 says you'll seek me and you'll find me after that you have sought for me with all your heart a lot of times we're seeking life for what's in it for me but when you're willing to lose what's in it for you and do what God says that's when you're gonna find life Ever since, verse 7, ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from me and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return to you, God? And God says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? Remember, this is about returning to God. This is about returning. This is what this is all about. It's about returning to God. Having a relationship with And he says, will a man rob God? And he says, yet yeah, you rob me. Like, how can you rob God? What? Does God need money? No. Think about that. Think about what he's saying here. But you ask, how do we rob you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Now, the word tithe means 10%. And as I'm going to show you later, 10% is something that has a curse and a blessing attached to it. Because God has to have first. He has to have first. And the first part is never even yours. If you think it's yours, you've missed God. You don't understand. He will never tell you to give 10% to Him. He will ask you to bring it. And never in the Bible says to give 10% of your money to God. It says bring it because God never, it's never yours to begin with. And I'll explain. It's, it's really deep. It comes down to Jesus Christ 
God's son. It comes down to the children of Israel. It's tied all throughout the whole Bible. God wants first. Look at this. But you ask, how do we rob you? And, and God says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. Do you hear that? You're under a curse. The whole nation of you because you are robbing me. What are they robbing God of? Think about it. Not money. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. And go home and read this over and over until it makes sense to you and you'll get it. They were robbing God of his blessing for them. They were robbing God of his want and longing to bless them. But the reason why they couldn't, that God could not bless them is because he wasn't first. They were robbing God of money. All the money belongs to God. The Bible says the, the, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all they who are dwelling therein. He said the silver and gold are mine, declares the Lord. It's all His. What we do is we rob God of His longing love to bless us. He, there's a connection. Now I want to give you a quick thing here. I want you to know that if you make, let's say you go and you make a thousand dollars. Okay, you make $1,000 on the, on the job and the guy comes up here and he pays you 10 $100 bills. I got this from Brother Morris. What a great man of teaching on tithe. 10 $100 bills. He said, how do you know which one is first? They all look the same. They're 10 $100 bills. Listen to me very closely. It's the first one that leaves your hand. Now listen to me very closely. If you pay all your bills and then write out a check for God, you ain't giving him first and he's not interested in your money. <laughs> he's not interested in your money. He's not interested. He doesn't need your money. God's not in, He's interested in your heart and there's only a blessing when he's first. When the first thing off of your checkbook is him. He wants first. He doesn't want second. God wants first. And I'm going to show you how this is interwoven from the very creation. Clear up to Revelation. That there is a first fruits all the way through. The first fruits. How many remember when, when the children of Israel went into uh, the promised land? They crossed the Jordan. What was the first city that God told them to conquer? Jericho. And Jericho was the first fruits unto God. And so God said, all of it is devoted to me. And if you keep one thing, it carries a curse. It will be a cursed thing. So they went in there. God told them to kill everything. Take all the silver and gold and bring it to God. But you remember there was a guy named Achan. 
They went in there and destroyed. Remember they marched around Jericho seven times and when they, the seventh time they blew the trumpets, the walls caved in and they went in there completely conquered and annihilated everything. But there was this one guy living for self out of the millions of people that were in the children of Israel camp. And he said, you know what, man, that gold looks good. That silver looks good. Wow, those clothes are amazing. And he took some of them with him, hid them in his tent, under the ground in his tent. Children of Israel all shouting and dancing, praising God. Surely the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the King of Israel is, is with us. And they went to conquer the next place called Ai. It was a little place. They thought, shoot, let's just take up a few thousand people, a few thousand warriors. We'll, you know, cream them and go on to the next place. They went up there and they were routed. And, and, a, and, and a few of their men, like 20, 30 or men, I can't remember how many, were killed. They go, what the world? And they all went home and they tore their clothes and they fasted and they prayed, what's going on? And God said, you all have touched the accursed thing. You've touched what's been devoted to God. And the whole bunch of you are under a curse. You will lose that at every point. The weakest will beat you. Basically is what he said. So what they did is the next morning they had everybody come out and they drew straws. To see who was, and in the, in it kept on going until it finally came down to the lineage and to the family of Achan. And Joshua stood before Achan and he said, bring Achan out and bring his whole family. He said, now Achan, give glory to God for what's going on in your life. What happened? What did you do? He said, yes, it's true. I stole this, I took this gold, I, I coveted it, I wanted it. And he said... You can go find it. It's in, in my tent, buried under the ground. So they all stood there and waited till the men brought back, and they said, sure enough. So they took Achan, his wife, his children, his cats, his dogs, his animals, his chickens, his goats, his whatever he owned, stoned them all, killed them all, burned them all, and then they went in and conquered, and they conquered everything in front of them. Nothing could stop them. And it's because God is serious about what is first. But that's just a tiny, tiny tip of what I'm getting ready to tell you because it is a powerful thing to God. And if you think that you can just go and give God whatever amount and do whatever, you're missing the things about, and you, you bring a curse on your own life because to God, it's devoted. It's already not yours. It never was yours. It's devoted to Him. It's a sign of covenant. It's an act of love. It's a sign and it actually connects you to a blessing from heaven and rebukes the devourer for your sake. And so God in this chapter when he's saying to them, and again, this is a principle of winning and it's being a giver. Because he says, you can rob me in tithes and offerings, not just tithes. Because sometimes God will speak to you and, you know, you always give your tithe. But then he'll say, no, I want you to give extra this time. I want you to give to this. Or I want you to go put money in that person's hand. And you just know that's from God. God just told you to do that. Let me tell you, when God speaks to you, not when there's some kind of sermon and somebody's, you know, because sometimes people are trying to get money. I'm not trying to get your money. But I would be cursed if I don't tell you the truth of what God has for you. I would be the one that would be in the wrong. 
God said you robbed me of my blessing to bless you you robbed me of my longing to bless you you have refused to give me that which is devoted and has a curse and a blessing tied to it you have refused to give that to me and therefore I am robbed of my longing that I have that I want to bless you we'll go deep into it next time but I want to tell you God longs for you to be blessed. And I could just go through the whole Bible. There's so many scriptures about God blessing his kids. Every one of his boys were way blessed. Abraham was a very rich man. The Bible said he was exceedingly wealthy. Why? Because he was so smart? He, no, it's because he had the favor of God on his life. It is God who gives the power. Listen, people of the world, if you've studied cultures or studied, look up blood sacrifice. It's everywhere to this day, even amongst some of our greatest leaders of our land, they're doing blood sacrifice. Why? Because it taps into power. Sacrifice taps into power. God's not interested in your talent. He's interested in your sacrifice. David said when, 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 there was a, when, the, when the plague was killing thousands and thousands and thousands of the children of Israel, David said, you know what, I'm going to go and make an offering unto the Lord. And he went and asked Arana if he could, if he could buy his field. And Arana said, listen, man, you're a prince. you can have my field and you can have whatever you need to create this sacrifice for God. Do whatever. He said, no. No, I'm going to buy it because I will never offer to the Lord something that costs me nothing. Why? Because it's a sacrifice. A sacrifice opens up doorways. It opens up portals into God's purpose. Amen. And I'll just show you. It's just, it's amazing. It's all through the Bible. From beginning to the very end, God wants and demands and lives by himself. The principle first. I want you to know Jesus Christ was the first fruits of God. He was the first fruits. I'll show you the scriptures that God himself had to give a first fruits. And there's a whole lot of them. Amen. God wants you to be blessed. He really wants you to be blessed. He really is in love with you. You only knew. There's portals to be opened. There's things to be tapped into. There's revelation that things that you've never seen, never understood. We are, as a body of Christ, America, we're really weak and powerless. We are just like a, you know, like a big gun that a little tiny BB comes out and falls on the ground. Gonna get you, Satan. Boom! The little thing comes out and barely comes out the end. And that's what it feels like because we have not lined ourselves up and I'm counting me and you and all of us. I'm not saying you, I'm saying us. We need to return to God and I will tell you one of the ways you need to return to God is return with your money. You say, well, pastor, I can't. If I give 10%, I can't pay my bills. Listen, you will never go anywhere until you trust God first. God will make you do more with the 90% when you obey him than you ever could have with the 10%. You don't know all the things that are breaking down and going wrong and situation in your, in your health and in your marriage and your children because you refused to let God bless you through this thing called first, 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 first. My wife didn't like to be, 
her to be second on my list. She doesn't like that. And I, you know, I don't want to be second on her list either, except for God. Why? God, he says he's a jealous God. Once you know God's jealousy is pure, it's not wicked like ours can be. He's a jealous God. He longs for your heart. He longs for your heart. He wants your heart. He longs for you. He loves you. He wants to bless you, but you've got to come in line with Him. You have to step, step into the world where you believe God more than you believe anything of this world. God be for me. Who can stand against me? Bless the Lord on my soul. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you're beautiful. Your word is beautiful. It's forever settled. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not one even little dot pass away until your word is completely fulfilled. Your word is life to all who find it. It's health to their whole body. Your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And today with open arms, willing hearts, minds, wills that have a yes, Lord, on the inside, we say yes. Speak, Lord. I am willing to obey. I choose to trust you. This podcast has been brought to you by New Creations Life Center in Redmond, Oregon. Look us up on the web at newclc. Dot com. That's N-E-W-C-L-C dot com.